From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, hell yes. Thank you very much, Mr. Rob Rip. It's me. It's Mike. Uh, I am the host, Mike Davidson lives. Thank you very much for joining me here on uh, this uh, episode, this latest half hour as I'm recording this again very late at night, later than usual. And you might hear some stuff beeping in the background. That's uh, that's another computer. But uh, yeah, the only one in the house uh, right now that's not sick for a change. Everybody else has got the crud. I do not. But uh, yeah, everyone's kind of cranky and miserable. Hopefully they can kick it. Um, but uh, some good news here at the house is uh, like we've been battling this little uh, mini war last couple years about our siding. Functionally okay, but apparently we got uh, mismatched uh, pieces of siding when they built our house, and we had to go through some phone calls, some companies, and the warranties, and it's finally fixed. It's finally repaired. I have yet to see the siding because I usually just go straight to the car and drive out on my way to work every morning. When I get back, it's it's night, um, so I noticed the new siding just as much as I did the old siding because again I'm a dude. But I told my wife I would definitely look at it uh, tomorrow morning before I go to work but it's just that's a, it's one of those little hassles that's finally out of the way and uh, I think I think my wife's mom can rest better now uh, knowing that <laughs> knowing that has been taken care of hey uh, real quick uh, before I get into some heavy stuff kind of a side noted one to congratulate a fraternity brother of mine Brandon Elliott down in uh, Kentucky uh, he, uh, I think he's, he's about 40. He's going to be a father yet again. Uh, his wife announced that the, they were going to have a, a son. He's already got two daughters, uh, but they're going to have a baby boy. Kind of a unique dynamic, something that uh, I and myself have. You know, two girls, and then the youngest is going to be a son. So uh, congrats to that family. Uh, and he also, he also had something on his Facebook page the other day about... Uh, Going into Walmart, I think, last week, and Walmart was already selling Christmas decorations. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's still a little too early to be on the Christmas bandwagon. But I got to say this. In the last 10 years, in terms of being commercial, I mean, Halloween has never been uh, an artsy-fartsy religious holiday or anything like that. It's always been commercial, but it's become more so. And I think because of that, people are now, you know, decorating more, getting more into the spirit, if you will, of Halloween. And I think that's kind of blunted a little bit how soon stores put out their Christmas stuff. I mean, if they're if they're working it in October, that's a lot better than uh, I remember going into Sears down in Kokomo about 10 years back. Remember Sears, everybody? Yeah, it was like Labor Day weekend, and they already had their Christmas trees up on display. Not not for decoration around the store, but selling Christmas trees in September. Yeah. So, this is a small, minor miracle is what I'm telling everybody. But uh, you can be damn sure that once November 1st rolls around, every retail worker is going to be gritting their teeth about uh, Mariah Carey being played on the intercom. Now, speaking of retail... Um, uh, there was this uh, TikTok video that went viral. Of course, they all go viral, right? That's the whole point of TikTok. It goes viral, and everybody talks about it. And uh, sometimes people go to the hospital because it's uh, it's a challenge. Um, and you you know, some people say this was staged, this is fake. Other people are saying no, this is real, and this is just how lazy Gen Z is. But I guess uh, it was a job interview, 
and the guy being interviewed uh, asked if he had to work weekends as a part-time job and he goes yeah yeah the guy interviewing yeah you have to get to work the person interviewing him and he turns down the job because of nfl red zone and a lot of people are upset about this and some people are like well you gotta know you know where you stand and all that stuff and i gotta be honest look if i had my preference i would never ever work a weekend uh, mostly because I work Monday through Friday and it's a full-time job. Every now and again, I got to work a Saturday. Every now and again. Um, I think the last time I had to do that, jeez, uh, probably not two months ago, but that was because uh, you know, a company big weeks were coming in. We had to clean up a little bit. And I was only in there for like three or so hours. Um, but uh, but I, I got to tell you, if it's a part-time job and you're looking to get your foot in the door someplace, you really don't have much of a say. And if you have a mortgage to pay, you don't have much of a say. I mean, I get it. If if it's a deal breaker, you just kind of shrug and go, okay, I'm going to look at my other options. What you absolutely do not friggin' do is make a video about it and go on TikTok saying how you would not work uh, weekends because... Uh, potential employers could see that and they could go oh you're not willing to go uh, go go the full nine for us uh, the full ten for us here yeah we're gonna look at somebody else I mean th that's the thing though like if you're looking for a job you gotta know what you're comfortable about performing here and I don't care if you're you know just out of high school or if you're in your mid-50s you know you've got some limits and you also have to think about your needs I wouldn't be putting out a TikTok video saying, yeah, I can't work weekends. Nobody likes working weekends, but if you have to, you have to. Uh, a couple of quick hits uh, before I get into some um, nitty-gritty football stuff here. Um, Musician-wise, I never thought I would say this, uh, but Noel Gallagher apparently is an adult now. You know, Oasis, you know, him and his brother Liam back in the 90s. Uh, the, the band that everybody loved to hate. And I really want to hate this band. And in some ways, I still do. But when you listen to What's the Story Morning Glory, I mean, it's it's a fantastic album. And it just sucks because it's so good. But you know that these guys were a-holes because, again, they were kind of pampered and titled. And they always fought on stage. And then they broke up. And uh, Noel and Liam don't talk to each other. But uh, Noel's doing his thing. Liam's doing his thing. And, uh, you know, you have all these uh, reunion shows and, you know, like Kiss, Motley Crue and all that stuff. And somebody was asking Noel uh, if you would ever get back together with his bandmates. And he goes, uh, you wouldn't go on holiday with your ex, would you? And he just kind of shrugged and said, hey, look, you know, our, our songs are still selling as best as they did back in the day. And uh, I'm pretty happy where I'm at. And Liam's doing his thing. So my hat's off to him. You know, no, no reason for it because everybody would be miserable if we toured. And he's right. I mean, he's just kind of reading the the writing on the wall. Him and his brother do not get along. And I'm thinking, wow, that's uh, that's pretty adult of you there, Noel. But uh, I guess uh, there's this documentary that uh, Liam wanted to put together for uh, for somebody uh, he was involved with about Oasis, and he's calling uh, Noel some names because he wouldn't let them use the songs on the documentary. So there's a little bit of that going on, but between the two of them, I think Noel and Liam, uh, Noel's probably the more mature here, because he's just getting on with his life. I think Ivan Moody wants to get on with his life, too. He says uh, after one more Five Finger Death Punch uh, album, uh, he's going to call it quits. He's going to retire. Um, and, you know, this is this is the thing, like, I don't get, like, uh, I've actually talked to a couple of the guys uh, back, back at the Bear. I uh, actually got to interview a couple of the guys from uh, Five Finger Death Punch. 
Zoltan, I think uh, Chris Kale too, via phone, and uh, they seem to be pretty cool guys. Ivan Moody's kind of, um, yeah, he's kind of got a, a history of uh, misbehaving, and I'm putting that mildly. Um, I, I can't really say I'm a big fan of the band's music, uh, but if uh, if he feels the need to like just retire now, I don't think I would shed a tear. Okay, because uh, <laughs> I I don't know like the the cover songs that they do. Uh, it seems like with every album they have to do a cover song, and uh, I was just never a big fan of the uh, Gone Away cover uh, because the original by The Offspring uh, just kicks ass, but. Uh, yeah, he's contemplating retirement. Uh, Harry Styles keeps going on, and I know he's not a rock star, but in a way, more of a rock star than most rock bands. Uh, I guess uh, not too long ago during a live performance, uh, he's up on stage, he's singing, he's doing his thing, and a bottle gets thrown up from the crowd and hits him right in the balls, and he kind of doubles over, kind of makes a comment about it and keeps going. You know, he keeps performing. You know, it's not quite, you know, Dave Grohl falling off stage, breaking his leg, and, you know, still wanting to perform. It happened. The, th the throne go around the country uh, was all those years ago, but that's uh, still pretty commendable because uh, any guy will tell you getting hit in the balls with anything sucks. Uh, I gotta wonder though because you know this uh, this is an audience of mostly females he's catering to, and they all love Harry Styles. Who would go to which one of these chicks would go to a concert and and throw something at him? Like that. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of people that don't like Harry Styles, but why would you go to the concert, period? I'm thinking maybe this was a disgruntled dad that had to be a chaperone or something. That's the, that's the only explanation I can think of. But uh, Harry Styles, you know, uh, shaking it off, continuing on with the show, and unlike Falling in Reverse, uh, which had their laptop stolen a few weeks ago and decided to call off a show. I mean, you, you could do the acoustic guitar thing, but why, why would you want to perform for your fans, right? Uh, so, again, hat tip there to Harry Styles. Uh, all right, so getting into football here, uh, one of the big stories from last weekend was uh, Tennessee shocking Alabama, Knoxville. And, uh, you know, it was a very big game because, you know, Tennessee has uh, sucked for, like, a, at least two decades. I don't think they've been good since Peyton Manning was quarterback down there, really. Um, but uh, they beat Alabama in a thriller, and they stormed the field because, you know, it was a big deal, and a, a lot of the fans were excited and happy, and they tore down the goalpost. Well, apparently the SEC is run by Roger Goodell uh, because uh, you, you can't have fun like that, and they fined uh, the University of Tennessee $100,000 for it, which I think is stupid because it's, it's their goalpost. This was in Knoxville. This wasn't down in Alabama. This was... This was Knoxville. Um, but even dumber, because it kind of goes back to uh, my college rant about uh, financing, uh, there's a GoFundMe <clears throat> to help the University of Tennessee pay this fine. No, they'll be fine. Just uh, just uh, ask Peyton Manning for a, a donor's check, or, you know, an alumni check, and uh, you can cover that shit right there. You don't need to be asking for more money. You're a university. You're publicly funded. Uh, you're uh, pretty much fleecing students uh, who are in debt to their eyeballs, and you're asking for alumni donations left and right. Uh, I, the university's not doing it, but somebody else is doing it. It's like you don't need a friggin' GoFundMe for this. But then again, um, you don't need to be fining them for doing it, because again, it was their own damn goalpost. You know, if anything, like I said, let Peyton Manning pay for it. All right, so 
quarterback talk um, go, going on with the uh, NFL here for a little bit. Uh, some big stories from that from this. Uh, Russell Wilson, what the hell happened to this dude? I mean, aside from going from Seattle to uh, Denver, uh, I, you know, and maybe it's just because I don't watch ESPN as much as I did, you know, back in my twenties and thirties. And again, I I only turn on ESPN if I have to watch a game. Um, but it just seems like uh, more has come out about him being kind of distant and aloof, and it's become more apparent since he's left Seattle and tried to make inroads in Denver because, you know, he looked all right in the first quarter against uh, the Chargers, but, again, he couldn't get anything going, and in overtime, Chargers beat the Broncos, and the Broncos just can't get their offense going, and this is a guy that quarterbacked a Super Bowl-winning team. You know, and you could make the case uh, with some of the things he's done on the field up in Seattle that he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, you could also make the case that both Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch are definitely Hall of Famers. They played with Russell Wilson. They were on that uh, Super Bowl winning team. Um, but uh, I don't think they were ever close to Russell Wilson because uh, th there's a podcast they were talking recently and they were talking about how Russell Wilson gave everybody on the team his phone number. And I guess I guess Marshawn Lynch, what he was telling uh, Richard Sherman, yeah, it was, uh, the thing about it was it wasn't his direct phone. You would call and his manager would answer and his manager would set something up. And he goes, hey, look, man, if I can't get to you, uh, connect one-on-one, -on -one, I'm losing this number. And he did. And, you know, just that, that kind of throttles me. I mean, I know there's sometimes some distance uh, between offensive players and defensive players on a team because, you know, you're you're working with different coaches, you're working with different schemes. I mean, you're you're not on the field at the same time. But, you know, Marshawn Lynch and, and Russell Wilson were basically behind the same offensive line. You're telling me you never had like a you know, you know, just going out for beers type of thing with this guy. That's very, very flaky, man. Um, and there's more of this stuff kind of coming out about Russell Wilson. Like, I don't think he's, um, I don't think he's like a prima donna, but he does seem kind of like a prima donna. Like, he doesn't have that, you know, bitchy uh, James Corden, I'm going to be an asshole at a, at a restaurant type of vibe. But he definitely has this aloof, let somebody else handle it type of vibe. And it's it's kind of sad to think about because you know he seemed like a likable guy for a bit, but yeah, now that more of this stuff's coming out. Tom Brady, man, um, this guy, there seems to be a massive disconnect. And I'm not just talking about the Giselle stuff because okay, here we go, we're going into a, uh, another podcast here. He, uh, he hosts, I think this is on Sirius XM. Uh, he co-hosts a podcast with Larry Fitzgerald and Jim Gray. And, um, you know, you got all this crap going on about uh, him and Giselle prob probably pretty much being on the outs. And people wondering, well, does he really need to keep coming back? Because, I mean, you would think seven Super Bowl rings would be enough. Um, but uh, I guess the podcast was this past Monday. And he was talking with Larry and Jim. And he was talking about how he thinks of going into an NFL season is like being deployed in the military. Here we go again. And uh, for a lot of military uh, veterans, that did not go over so well. And I, look, I'm not in the uh, cancel Tom Brady 
bandwagon. I don't like jumping on the cancel bandwagon, but kind of a douchey thing to say because, well, I mean, um, I would I would have to think the road schedule is a little less intense for an NFL player than it is somebody, say, out in Iraq or somebody who's been to Afghanistan or Vietnam or any of that stuff. It's It doesn't quite... Um, it doesn't quite ring true to me is what I'm getting at. And a lot of people are kind of upset about this. And um, I, I posted this on the Mike Davidson Facebook page, by the way. And Johnny Utah, uh, a guy I know and love since college, a great dude, also a fraternity brother. Uh, he, uh, he's been in the military. And, uh, you know, he posted a rather interesting comment. He was like, yeah, I have to agree with Tom because I've been deployed three times and in the middle of my deployments, each time I've gone, man, this must, this does feel like a 16-game regular season. <laughs> uh, he, he, he words it a lot better than I did, but, I mean, Jesus, it just, uh, you talk about sticking your foot in your mouth, Tom. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, Take the next podcast off. That's all I'm saying. Just just quiet reflection time. All that other stuff. <laughs> yeah, the, the fallout from this is pretty interesting. Um, uh, you know, and there's some fallout to... I uh, don't know a lot about this. Uh, Daniel Snyder, the, uh, the idiot running uh, the Washington Command Skins, uh, he, uh, he's, I guess there's a bombshell report of sexual misconduct in that organization from ESPN, and uh, the owners are all speaking, thinking about voting him out, making him sell the team. And I think you have to have like 24 votes to make that happen. There's 32 owners in the NFL. Jim Ursay uh, has said that, uh, I think he said something along the lines that it does look like we should look into this, and it looks like he would try to vote him out, even though Jim's not without his own skeletons. And that's the thing, too. Um, a couple of observations on this story um there are a lot of owners that have had some bad things happen like like jim mercedes had some trouble with substance abuse uh you know uh, robert Kraft, you know that whole prostitution thing not too long ago uh, jerry jones uh he has a habit of being jerry jones you, you know uh daniel snyder um I don't know how true some of these allegations are. I know that he's a shitty owner, and uh, the command skins uh, are probably never going to sniff a Super Bowl under his ownership. Uh, but I, I have a hard time believing that uh, there are a lot of patron saints of, among NFL owners. So I'm, I'm not sure how true the allegations are, but again, uh, I think people need to keep their powder dry on this. Uh, and by the way, I can think of uh, the the owners of the Giants, uh, Eagles, and Cowboys being relieved that Snyder owns that team because, well, as long as he's running that team, that's one less team for those guys to worry about in the NFC East, right? Yeah, so uh, that, that that little saga is going on. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, there's there's some celeb trials going on, but was this uh, Anthony Rapp? Uh, this, this young actor filing a $40 million... Um, a civil lawsuit against Kevin Spacey, whose career has pretty much uh, gone in the shitter after all these uh, allegations of sexual misconduct himself have happened recently. And uh, he took the stand this week. And, oh boy, I, yeah, he's he's become a caricature of himself. Uh, and, you know, and it's kind of weird to think of that because, you know, 
you know, 20 years ago, this guy was a two-time Oscar winner for, uh, you know, Usual Suspects in American Beauty. Uh, he was beloved by the late-night uh, talk circuit. You know, he did all these great impersonations. He's hosted award shows. You know, a very entertaining guy. And you thought, well, this guy's very talented, but you didn't realize that this guy may not be quite who he says he is. Kind of like Bill Cosby. You thought, oh, man, this Bill Cosby, great. And then, you know. Um, but then he had all these allegations uh, start hitting the fan uh, five or six years ago, and his career pretty much <laughs> done, over and done with. Um, but uh, he took the stand to defend himself. And um, this this kind of has, um, I guess, kind of a gay, uh, the gay version of the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp thing. But I'm not quite sure who's Amber Heard here. Uh, because I don't know if the young actor accusing him is telling the truth, and I don't know if Kevin Spacey's telling the truth, but I can tell you, uh, in terms of theatrics not being believable, Kevin Spacey's probably the Amber Heard here, um, because uh, you know, two things that he said at this trial. Um, one, uh, in regards to his public apology years ago, he didn't really mean it, and he only said it because his publicist forced him to say it. Which just sounds completely craptacular. It just sounds like that ugh, terrible, just terrible. So uh, that that whole apology I said was not authentic, and I am being held hostage by my own employee, the publicist. I can tell the publicist what I want to say and not want and not want to say, but the publicist told me practically at gunpoint to apologize and I didn't mean it. Okay, so that doesn't come off very well. That's his defense, by the way. And also, uh, was it back in 2017, 2018 when he came out as gay? And uh, I guess at the time he was 57? I mean, Kevin Spacey's an old dude now. Uh, but he, the only reason he came out as gay is because uh, his father was a white supremacist and uh, a neo-Nazi type, and it made him very uncomfortable, and then that he only came out as this. Uh, there are two problems with this argument. Uh, for one, he, he made this, uh, this coming out thing during these allegations, which almost seems like, okay, this is a crutch, and you know, that's, that's the reason why I was doing this, is because, well, don't all gay people do this? I don't think so, dude. And secondly, um, even though these allegations came out uh, 2017, uh, Kevin, Stapes, Kevin Spacey's dad's been dead for a little bit. Uh, since 1992. Yeah. So, unless he's being haunted by his dead Nazi dad, really doesn't hold water. And the theatrics are very, very bad. I mean, unless, uh, you know, the, the young actor that's accusing him has some uh, substantial evidence in this lawsuit, and it gets a civil suit, and it's for $40 million, and I don't think he's going to see all $40 million, but, I mean, if uh, Kevin Spacey, you know, the only way he gets off the hook is if there's not enough evidence. But in terms of being believable and genuine, Kevin Spacey is not that. And it's kind of sad to think about because, again, you know, you see some of these actors and performers uh, and you think to yourself, well, they seem pretty cool. They seem pretty talented. And, but something my dad told me years ago, talent does not equate morality. You know, just because you're good at something doesn't mean you're a good person. And sadly, that looks to be the case with Kevin Spacey. 
again, who knows how this thing shakes out, but just, just some of the shit he was saying, man. Just unbelievably bad. Uh, okay, so speaking of bad, let's uh, let's close out with some Halloween stuff here, a little lighter stuff, um, because I got this linked up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page, CandyStore.com. Uh, uh, they're ranking the, wor uh, the worst candies to hand out at Halloween time, and it's not candy corn at number one. Uh, candy corn is only the second worst Halloween candy. I have always maintained that candy corn is the nickelback of candies because, yeah, there's a lot of people that hate them. Hate, you know, hate candy corn. But there's also a lot of people that love candy corn. Now, I'm not a big nickelback fan, but I do like candy corn. I don't mind it. I think it's all right. It's not my favorite. I mean, I'm... If you got peanut butter cups in a in a Halloween bag, man, that's that's the go-to right there. That's my number one Reese's. Um, but uh, uh, number one on the list, according to CandyStore.com, is circus peanuts, and these things are god awful. I've only had like a couple in my life. That was enough. Um, I in fact in high school, I had a friend. Her dad, she bought a couple bags. She bought one for herself and one for her dad because her dad liked circus peanuts. I'm like, well, you know, they look like circus peanuts. That's the shape. They're marshmallowy. I'll have one. First one was all right. Second one, I thought I contracted diabetes. It just it. It's the dark side of sugar. This is the stuff that Wilford Brimley warned you about. Yeah, never again. So number one, circus penis, uh, uh, peanuts. Uh, number two, candy corn. Number three, peanut butter kisses. Now they don't. To me, it's not so much the taste of those things, it's just the texture, because if you uh, start chewing on them and uh, you get your teeth locked, you feel like you're going to have, you know, pull some teeth out of uh, out of the roots. Uh, Neko wafers, number four. Wax Coke bottles, number five. They should be higher up on the list. These things are terrible. Number six, Smarties. I don't mind them so much. I actually like Smarties, because again, it's just like little sugar things. Uh, I do remember uh, growing up, there was that whole wives' tales things about uh, glass being in them. Some broken glass got in at the factory, and they tried to like you know ban them from Halloween or something. But uh, anytime I had them in the bag, it was like, oh man, look, I'm like a circus freak chewing these. Mary Jane's number seven, uh, number eight, Tootsie Rolls. Um, I guess it's just because of the texture. I don't mind them. Nine is uh, black licorice. Uh, I, I can see that. I do like black licorice jelly beans. And uh, <laughs> number 10 is good and plenty, which I guess is um, not good, and you don't want plenty of those. So there, there you have the 10 worst Halloween candies uh, of all time. Circus peanuts, definitely. And that's that's the one you don't think about either because candy corn's got this, uh, uh, this fatwa against it for some odd reason. All right, so uh, wrapping it up with a haunted place. This is not a place I've ever been to. I just heard about this recently. Uh, this is out in North Texas, and I do have this linked up. Uh, if I don't have it linked up now, it should be here by the end of Thursday evening, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Uh, it will be up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. But North Texas, there is a haunted house. According to this old couple, I think they live there. It is haunted by sexual ghosts. So it's not the floorboards creaking and moaning, I guess. Uh, yeah, sexual ghosts in this thing. They've heard, oh baby, oh baby, yeah, yeah, I like that. That's uh, that's what they hear heard. In fact, uh, uh, the woman uh, said that she was in the shower one time and a dark figure appeared and whispered, Looking good. 
So the ghost is very complimentary. But apparently this house used to be a bordello uh, back in the 1840s. And uh, it's haunted by ghosts. So who knows? I usually, usually if something is haunted, though, I mean, doesn't that imply somebody has died there? So there, there might have been some ghosts, uh, some people that died mid-coitus in this facility. Not just, you know, one person. If there's ghosts, plural... You know, you know, and it's the Wild West. It's not like they shut they shut a whorehouse down after one person dies. There's probably been like several, and that's before you know Texas uh, got all nice, legal, and proper and stuff. That, or you know, some people forgot their safe words in the middle of things, and that's why they have this kinky sex house. So, uh, congrats on that. You, you know, they, maybe they should charge admission for that. Get that going. All right. Well, with that all said and done. I'm done. Until next time, stay fresh, Jesus. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at Facebook.com backslash M Davidson Live. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.